Welcome to everyone's a critic movie review podcast. I'm your co-host Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick. And joining us this week is our caterer Zach Covemaker. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> the Neil Breen of this podcast. <laughs> I do what I have to. <laughs> Visit us at IHateCritics.net. Everyone's a critic podcast.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handles: Critics Pod. Subscribe, like us there, interact with us there. We're also on YouTube. Uh, you can watch the our cover art while listening to us. <laughs> <clears throat> and then your podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Alexa, Stitcher, all of them. Subscribe to the show, re-interview the show. It does help us out. We'll read the reviews on the air. And then Patreon, IHateCritics.net slash Patreon is the best way to help support the podcast. There's also our merch tab there as well, which someday... When I'm not running around, probably in April when gymnastics is over. <laughs> uh, any news? I know you posted something. I didn't really get a chance to look at it about <laughs> birds of prey bombing just, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just the, this hot take. So I'm not going to call the guy out by name. Just this critic on Twitter was was saying so, – he just said the dumbest thing possible about this movie. He says he's, he was guaranteeing that Birds of Prey is going to bomb because the girls aren't sexy. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, it's Harley Quinn. Like, who doesn't? I mean, this is the geek fantasy of all geek fantasies, played by Margot Robbie. What do you mean she's not sexy? But he, but the idea was that he's saying that he was essentially saying that because they're not they're not allowing the women in the they're not not appealing at all to to teenage boys and letting the girls be marketed as sexy that the movie's going to fail like Charlie's Angels did. Which first of all, yeah, Char- Charlie's Angels failed for a whole lot of reasons. It wasn't because the girls weren't sexy. It's <laughs> because nobody's interested in that particular property. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that, that Birds of Prey is going to be a massive hit, but it is the only movie that's coming out that week, and it's been marketed relatively well. Uh, I, but if it fails, it's not going to be because the girls aren't sexy. That's just an idiotic hot take. That is just a supremely stupid way to look at this and, and judge a box office. Yeah, like, there's never really been a point, other than, like, those few seconds in, like, Suicide Squad, there's never really been a moment where Harley Quinn's kind of been, like, a sex object anyway. Everyone's really excited for this movie. Like, it's... it's it, the, his, his, he's, he's an idiot. He's an idiot, man. Like, like that's like saying, um, like... John Wick 4 is going to fail because he doesn't take off his shirt enough. <laughs> like, it's it's stupid. Yeah. This guy <sighs> makes no sense. That's why you have boardroom people. That's how they do things, though. Like, Stallone needs to take his shirt off here. It's not going to work. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I will disagree, though. They did make Harley Quinn kind of a sex object a little. You know, when she first yeah. was created, she wasn't. But I, a lot of people have been complaining about her being a sex object as of late. Uh, it does look like they're toning that back a little bit. I still don't think that's the reason to make this say it's going to fail. No. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, <laughs> but you just don't like the new costume? I don't know. Why. I don't, yeah. She's just uh, she's too weird looking, maybe. She doesn't look enough like Margot Robbie. I don't know what the the guy's problem is. Where This random hot take out of nowhere. Right. She was like the one character that worked in Suicide Squad. <laughs> It'll be fine. I mean every I mean every woman for Halloween dresses up as sexy Harley Quinn like what are you talking not just about? Halloween cosplay I mean <laughs> right? to yeah. the, go to a Comic Con right now and there's still people dressing up like Harley Quinn uh, maybe this new one won't have the same you know response but it could still be more successful than Suicide Squad was because it wasn't I guess it was probably successful the critics didn't love it yeah but. I, it made it made two over two hundred million I think right so it made its money. Just seems like they're they're trying this time, which I I think like I appreciate. Well, they Suicide, were they were going to a different audience with mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. It definitely wasn't us. No, it was it was the hot topic weird. audience. <laughs> it was weird. Like I, I I like that they're they're actually they're they're trying it out this time. They're actually like kind of letting Margot Robbie because I think she executive produced this. Like she actually had like a huge part apparently in like putting this movie together. Like. I, I appreciate that they're actually like giving them the effort and like giving it their all. Like DC's been doing, they're doing pretty well right now. It says something that it that it chased every other movie off of its weekend. Mm-hmm. No, nothing else is going to open opposite this movie because none, no one else in Hollywood wants to be next to it. 
And they did. I like that they kind of toned it back too. Like with Suicide Squad, you bring in Will Smith, and you know they're trying. They're swinging for the fences here. They're. It's more of just a smaller story. They're trying to. They're releasing it in February. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it'll be it's fine. only two weeks away. Right. It'll be fine. Yeah. And they also ditched Jared Leto. Since that that Joker's not around, <laughs> since he's gone, like it, it, it's going to have some room to breathe. They're not going to have that hanging over him because that, that was the one thing like everyone kind of took away from Harley Quinn because like they always had that guy right there, and it kind of I'm glad he's gone. It'll be interesting. Yeah, that's the interesting aspect of this is what what carryover is there, from, what hangover is there from Joker? And uh, I mean, it's different movies entirely, but are they the same universe? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I can't nah. imagine, but <laughs> no way. Nah, like DC also kind of like recently, not to go like super off the rails. DC recently just kind of like reformatted everything. Like they did this huge crossover on the CW, and they uh, pretty much hit the reset button. Like they even brought in Ezra Miller and stuff like that, and. They separated all these different universes. They didn't show where like Joker's at, like where that fits into their whole thing. But pretty much everything else they put together. So like they kind of left that open, so they can pretty much any inconsistencies in that form, they could just be like, "Oh yeah, remember we reset everything." They, uh, what's up? Right, no, you can finish. I was gonna. I was just gonna say they kind of like uh, they just gave themselves like an out. So like eventually, maybe if they decide they want to bring in the Joker. I really hope they don't. I don't want the Joaquin Phoenix Joker mixed in there. I love that. I like that movie a lot. I I want it to stay at its own thing. But I think it always will. I think I you so. could see two Jokers simultaneously, two different Batman universes at the same time. I, I think that's a real possibility, but I don't see them. They'd be stupid. To, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, I don't think he'd do it unless it was a good script. No. <clears throat> so don't send any contracts, Joaquin. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to see a sequel. Like, I just... I feel like that movie, it, it, it did its thing. It, it can drop the mic and walk out. I don't think a Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix sequel happens unless they think they have something amazing, mm-hmm. which in that case, I'm willing to give it a shot. Anything else before we move on to this week? Nothing? All right. Zach, you're joining us. It's been a while since you've been on. What have you watched lately? Uh, so I watched The Lighthouse yesterday. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Swiss Army Man. Goddamn farts. (laughs) Man, that was such a... That was a weird movie. I loved it. Like, like, I didn't expect there to be as much, like, like poop and farts as there was. Like, it wasn't... I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of poop, but it was there. It was was hanging out. (laughs) And... You know, I've got that history with poop movies now, so I'm in. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, it was, it was nuts. I I still don't understand what the hell happened. I, I, I everything happened, no matter how you want to under. You make up the story the way it happened, and it works. Okay, then change up, change it up, watch it again, and it works. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a weird movie like that. Uh, have you seen Swiss Army Man? Oh yeah, that's oh, that's say, one of my favorite movies. You make him watch that one next. <laughs> keep throwing fart movies at him. I'll happily watch Swiss Army Man. Oh, seen it. <laughs> Maybe Doolittle next time. I haven't seen that, but I heard about what went down. <laughs> Is it like how ridiculous was that? Like, like the the, the rectal a, blockage. He performs a colonoscopy on a dragon. Oh man, like that happens. I don't know why it flopped. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> That's way better than seeing a mermaid's vagina. I'd rather see him pull a horn out of <laughs> the dragon's butt. <laughs> it, was a, it was a Scottish bagpipe, to be, <laughs> oh, to be clear. That's even better. <laughs> the funniest of the instruments. <laughs> um, we do have a Lighthouse t-shirt coming soon, eventually, to our merch <laughs> store. Oh, is it, is it going to be that Wangus? Is it going to be a Defoe? It's a uh, Batman versus Jesus. Okay, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing artwork uh, that cousin Jeff put together. Uh, I just have to upload it. That's really all I have to do to it. <laughs> I was thinking about you guys yesterday when uh, there was the whole Defoe like n- naked shooting like light beams out of his eyes moment. <laughs> I was just like, his Wangus is there <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in there that that, that, that Girther's there. <laughs> That's a different shirt. That's also coming. <laughs> We love you, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh, he's so great. <laughs> he's so great. 
<laughs> what else has he seen? Anything? Um, I, I rewatched uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot, which is just as good. Like I, I love, I I love me some stupid stoner comedies. I love Kevin Smith. Like I'm in, even though it's pretty much just. I know, I know one person that went in to watch that, and that was their first Jane Silent Bob movie ever. Oh, that wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, he enjoyed it, but I was still just like, dude, you don't, you're not getting any because <laughs> this movie is literally just a sequel to all his other jokes. Like, it's like a really great greatest hits record. Yeah, really. yeah, it's like <laughs> like Queen's greatest hits, but like a <laughs> dick and fart jokes. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, I mean, he could have named a fan service and it would have worked. It's fine. <laughs> But at least he wasn't hiding away from that. I mean, he fully admitted it was oh, yeah. fan service. Oh, yeah. With Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2 coming. <laughs> that's. I'm in. If he wants to just start remaking all that, I'm in. I want Chasing Amy 2, where someone else is going after Amy. Like, <laughs> I want something, man. I think in a way this was Chasing Amy 2 and Dogma <laughs> 2 at the same time. <laughs> I think that's all you're going to get from those. Oh, God, I love that. Even That little Matt Damon scene was just so nice. Because oh. <laughs> everyone, like... Everyone forgets about Dogma because you. I mean, I mean, it was a Weinstein movie. It's 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 gone essentially. I have a Korean bootleg copy of it at home. Like that's the only way I could watch it anymore. <laughs> it's uh, God, I love Dogma so goddamn much. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, it might be my favorite one he's done. It's hard to say. I jump around that chasing Amy uh, clerks. They're all. I don't know. It just goes all over <clears> the place <throat> for me. I can never decide <sighs> on one. Rickman gone too soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else before you move on? Um, uh, not really. Actually, I haven't, I haven't been watching a whole lot of other movies. To be honest with you, I've been kind of catching up on TV shows. Everyone's been getting angry about all that because I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. Uh, I never watch any TV. I don't either. Well, dude, I got I got HBO just to watch Watchmen because uh, Lindelof brought that back, and it's. It, it was really cool, and then I forgot to keep watching it, and everyone's like, it's like the best TV. Like, it's it's TV at its finest. I'm just like, yeah, I've seen the first three episodes. They were the shit, but, you know. Yeah, but it seems like every show is TV at its finest anymore. <laughs> no. Can we start getting some shitty TV shows? Like, for like a year, can everyone just, like, take a break? Just make some, like, crap so we can get caught up? <laughs> <laughs> it's It's awful, man. Like, I watch all the CW, like, superhero shit, and... and they cancel one show and now they're adding two more and I have to fucking watch Superman and Lois Lane and <laughs> Green oh, Arrow back. Green Arrow's like future daughter or some shit like that. I got, <laughs> they need to stop. If only that would that would uh, be like uh, the Sandler thing where he goes to Netflix and he doesn't come back. Like that's the <laughs> where the DC movies go. <laughs> they just go to CW they, and they they, never come back. Literally, dude, when they did that crossover because they they brought in like Adam West Batman. Like they they had uh, Burt Ward was in there as old Robin. They had like the animated series Batman. They did all this crap and like. They're, so they're movies. Are all alternate universes. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. They're all in the multiverse now. They pretty much started off with like a highlight reel of like, like the Tim Burton Batman universe and all this stuff getting destroyed. That's like, why I hate this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to keep track, and I, I'm like, I'll start talking about it, and everyone looks at me like I'm a crazy person. I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go do my nerd coke in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the characters, or some of them at least, yeah. but it's just, yeah. It's, it's hard. I did watch Batman vs. Superman yesterday. Just randomly. It was on at the muffler shop as I was at, so. <laughs> nice. Still like it. <laughs> That's a movie. I thought it worked. I, I didn't like it at first, but it's grown on me. I think it's just because I like crappy movies that it's just, <laughs> like, the there's the there's one scene that always sticks out. It's, like, probably my favorite superhero moment ever, where, like, Batman's kicking the shit out of Superman and his kryptonite stops like working and he has this like, oh, please don't moment where he puts his hands up. Oh, I love it. I love seeing Batman. It's it's obviously it's like it's earned because it's Superman. He's going to murder you. Yeah. But like, it's just funny seeing Ben Affleck as Batman going, oh, fuck, like cowering a little bit. Oh, I love it. It's so good. I thought it all worked. <laughs> I mean, the Martha scene's a little cheesy, but other than that, it's a pretty solid. I, thought, I don't know. I thought the whole thing worked. Yeah. I want to see the Snyder cut, like they that they keep Doesn't going exist. on about. 
Apparently, they just said it does. Yeah, it it exists. They're talking guess, about you can't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is there's a, there's a guy give very very smart man named Dan Olson his foldable ideas on YouTube, and he demonstrates exactly why we'll never properly see the the Snyder cut. Well, apparently, someone over I think it was someone over at Warner Brothers said that he can release it on like HBO Max. If he finishes it or if he wants to finish it. So if he can get the funding, which with right. all the actors and everyone seems to want to do this, I think eventually I don't see it happening like next year. I don't see it happening in the next couple of years. But if they want to get HBO Max like to keep going where they want it, I, I could see it happening. I could see them pushing for it. I can't see it being profitable, though. That's no, no. Thing. It'd be just something to boost subscribers or, you know, piraters, I guess, maybe. But it'll... It'll create a buzz. The Gentleman? Is that where we want to start? <laughs> it's the most successful the, new movie. Uh, we've got the classic. I know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can start with The Turning if you want. That only made $7 million. It bombed, didn't it? I don't know what the budget is, but it only made $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, it actually probably only cost about 2 bucks. So, it, yeah. <laughs> the Turning oh, stars... Uh, um, Mackenzie Davis is uh, from Tully, as uh, a woman who gets to gets one of those only in the movies jobs where she ends up at a dusty old mansion as a governess. Uh, she's going to be uh, the governess for Brooklyn Prince, the uh, young girl from uh, the Florida Project, and uh, her brother is not supposed to be there, but he shows up anyway, and he's played by Finn Wolford from uh, Stranger Things, and the. Uh, she's basically taking care of them, and of course the house is going bump in the night constantly, and she's going, getting up and investigating and finding nothing and seeing things in mirrors and things are doing boo and all that kind of nonsense. And Basically, this is a uh, remake of a, or an adaptation of a Henry James novel that no one's read in 50 years. So great on you. Good, good choice there. Um, really awesome, timely source material that everyone cares about. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Um, there's no ending in this movie. It doesn't have an ending. So I'm sitting there. I'm watching the movie, and, I'm, and I'm, we're approaching like what appears to be the climax of the film. And I happened to look down at my phone for a second, and I and I then something happened like a big boo thing happened and i looked up and then credits credits and i'm like what wait a minute i what how did i miss what happened what and then <laughs> i was so confused it reminded me have you seen the that remember that movie there was the devil's something or other where there's like it didn't end it sent you to their website to watch the oh, ending the, the devil inside was the that the one inside. where they, they drowned the baby yeah yeah the, like the ending of that movie you had to go to their website to watch the ending of the movie <laughs> like this one doesn't even do that doesn't even have the kindness to do that you just have to kind of sit there now i could probably puzzle out what it was that happened but I'm honestly unsure. The movie is so clumsy and so poorly uh, put together that I honestly couldn't. Like, it would be just a, a, an entire extrapolation on my part what I think might have happened. Uh, <clears throat> so that the movie doesn't make any sense at all and it has no ending. It doesn't have just you cut to a, a credits where just Mackenzie Davis's character is just dragging her hand along a wall. <laughs> what the fuck? It's not even what happened? It is bizarre. It is one of the more bizarre endings I've ever seen in a movie because it's not really an ending. <laughs> Seems to have pissed people off because this is one of them, one of the movies where the critics and the fans disagree or agree. <laughs> They're both thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So usually the horror movies, you have the critics way down here, and the fan, the you know, the audience way up at eighty percent. This is both saying there's, shit. There's no villain. Either like we never really learn what the villain is. Like there's a ghost demon thing that you kind of see in mirrors occasionally, but you don't really ever get a good sense of what the actual villain is. And of course, this has got that uh, that classic scenario of you know ghosts that love to possess doors so they can slam them <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, I'm gonna leave this window open and cause the wind to bang it against a wall. I'm a ghost, everybody. <laughs> 
Things that don't even happen when people think they're being haunted in real life. <laughs> it's so bad. The kids are like, they're creeps. They are, but they're not really interesting creeps. And uh, the, the little girl can't leave the grounds, so you start thinking, oh, maybe she's a ghost or something. That doesn't play out. You never see what happens with that. Uh, the brother is troubled, but he and may have been sexually molested by a worker who was no longer there anymore, but that doesn't go anywhere. Then you've got the creepy maid, uh, and she's you know, she's supposed to have, like, she's so ancient that you think, okay, well, she must be a ghost or something, or she is a demon of some sort, because she looks like a thousand years old. But that doesn't play out into anything. It's just it goes nowhere, and I can't I can't even imagine what anybody thought about when they were going to go ahead and just release this as it is. Like there's because there's no ending, and there are no villains, and and there's barely any scares. And this is the guys. Naturally, these are the people who wrote the Conjuring because of course they are. But at least they made a good movie in the Conjuring. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's what one, other people say. Not, well, literally, not so much what I said. One person in the world didn't like that movie. <laughs> this podcast, but. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of ideas that never played out or finished. <laughs> so, yeah, that's weird. And you got two kids that are pretty successful doing good things, so it yeah. looked good in the trailer. But and yeah, Tully, I mean, she's wonderful. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. Didn't finish it. I don't know. When I was in Bourbon A, which was, you know, two and a half hours away, Gentleman wasn't even in the theater. Only this was. Wow. I mean, it was at a Cinemark, yeah. but it didn't have the gentleman there. It had this instead. Weird. Yeah. So I was like, huh, <laughs> gentleman must not be as big as I thought it was. <laughs> out, it beat out this. But yeah, I'm really shocked, especially not so much that it's bad, but that the audience, nobody went to it. Because I thought the trailer was pretty effective, it, but I don't know. It looked all right. I mean, I like Finn Wolfhart, and I like The Conjuring. Right. I wasn't really interested beyond that, but... That would have been enough to watch it at home, at least. But but to that audience that goes yeah. to this movie, I thought it was more effective. But maybe yeah. it's not. Clearly, it wasn't. Uh, maybe word got out. That there's no ending. <laughs> and that definitely explains why the audience didn't like it. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. See... lots of angry people walking out of the screening I was at. They were very annoyed by the just the movie's over. Like everybody's looking around, going like, "Is there? Did somebody edit the movie wrong?" I said to one of the managers at the theaters, did you guys leave out one of the reels? Just as a joke. <laughs> He's too young to know what a reel was. So. Yeah, I mean, but people have that reaction on Blair Witch, they just, but they didn't get it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's sad. That's oh, why well. I never started The Sopranos. I heard about there not really being an ending, <laughs> and I, I was like, man, I, I, I want to watch it. But That's eh. another one where it takes perspective to decide whether or not there's an ending. Okay. Maybe. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day when I have 200 hours. Uh, anything else in the turning before we move on? <laughs> uh, not really. This is a, this is a bad movie. Now, now it's not Doolittle bad. That's going to remain at the top of the bad list. But I still More forgettable see bad. It. I want to see it. <laughs> I still need to see it, man. <laughs> the Gentleman. The gentleman stars uh, Matthew McConaughey as a uh, is a weed dealer living in England. He uh, is the top uh, top of his game. He sells more weed than anybody else, and has a very unique uh, business of how he creates his particular product. Uh, Charlie Hunnam is his number two man. His uh, consigliere, the guy who's his uh, muscle right behind him. He's uh, trying to sell his uh, business and get out uh, and. Uh, that's not easy to do. Henry Golding is a guy who's uh, trying to take him down. Um, and yeah, and this is Guy Ritchie, of course, uh, directing this, returning to the uh, gangster genre that uh, made him so popular. And this has definitely got a lot of that Guy Ritchie attitude to it. Uh, the you know the strong sense of violence, the 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 wonderful twists and turns. We'll get to the movie in a, the other movie in a moment, but uh, I, he's he's very clever in this genre. It's almost he makes a kind of a mystery in the way he uh, it creates a movie. He creates a, he he weaves his story in a way like this one starts off in a way like how the what how that's how you're starting the movie. <laughs> like you can't even believe it for a moment. Then it kind of dawns on like oh, okay, I think I know what happened now. 
but uh, initially you're like you're right off the bat, this movie hits you like a big gut punch right off the bat, and then you're kind of left. Are we in back in time? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I liked it though. I liked the way that he that he set that up and then played it out. And fucking Hugh Grant is amazing in this movie. So charismatic, so weird. I love his energy. He plays a private investigator for a newspaper. Uh, Eddie Marzan is the editor who's put him in place to try and take down McConaughey's character by reporting on what he's doing, and he's uh, trying to sell, trying to sell himself to the drug dealers so he can, you know, take their money instead of the the newspaper's money. <laughs> just like he's just ingenious uh, the way that works out. And Charlie Hunnam is so awesome. Just, I mean, he's just got that classic cool guy, like uh, quiet. You know, just like completely calm totally chill and you just know he's about to own Hugh Grant the whole time and I'm just like that is so awesome I love the way it plays out I really do uh, I really enjoyed this I didn't expect to because I, th- I thought maybe Guy Ritchie was done you know with those t- he's made so many terrible movies and Aladdin wasn't terrible but it was a you know, hired gun kind of thing like he's not nothing he seemed right. to really care about he was attached because of his name really for yeah. that one I say this seems like something more really long along his uh, line, like stuff he used to love to do, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I love like gangster movies, like especially like like his take on it, the the uh, British gangster movie where they're just they're so foul mouthed, like they're so foul mouthed, <laughs> they're so just fucking crazy. I man, like. The the how liberal they were with the c word throughout the entire movie, like it, I, I just appreciate it so much. Like it just it just flows out like it's yeah. it's just it's just the vernacular. Like it's I love how it's predominant. Like that's the only thing that Colin Farrell says in the movie. I think yeah. Oh my god, dude, that conversation with this this one guy where he was upset for being called a black cut. Yeah. Like oh my oh, god. Wow. Oh. Brilliant! Yeah, Colin Farrell is amazing. Oh man, he made the movie. I forgot he was in it too. Like when his name popped up in the like the beginning scroll, I, was, I got super excited. So I kind of forgot about this movie too, because like, like Guy Ritchie, I I grew up watching a lot of his earlier stuff. We'll we'll get to that later. Like, uh, you know, Snatch, all that stuff. Like, excellent. And I wanted that again, but I didn't think it was going to happen because he also made King Arthur. Uh, <laughs> Which that just looked like a hot yeah. pile of garbage. Oh, it was. It, was. it I, truly was. I watched and I, I popped into the theater a couple times when, it, when I was still working there and that was playing. <sighs> Oof, yeah, turgid. Yeah, but this movie, this movie was wonderful. Like it's just kind of the twists and turns, and there was this 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 older lady sitting two seats away from me who was just completely confused like like <laughs> loudly vocally just like she just didn't know what was going on especially in that moment in the beginning which i guess i won't really spoil but the rest of the time she was just like is he dead <laughs> what's going on <laughs> i was just like i was like man i really want to laugh but like her husband's sitting right next to me so i'm just kind of like he, he looks like an angry dude <laughs> like, i'm good it was it was it was a fun time, great great time. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to go see it. I was hopefully going to see it Friday night, but then my wife invited people over. And it was fun. I'm not, yeah, they're probably listening. I enjoyed my time with them. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed it quite a bit. Actually. The whole time he's why? thinking about his podcast. Yeah, why are your fingers crossed? <laughs> I was not thinking about the podcast. I can assure you that. Uh, <laughs> He's holding up a dry erase board that says, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's super clever. And, and, and really, Guy Ritchie's direction is really like more confident than he's been in a long time and more uh, just fun than he's been in a very long time. And the, the structure is so strong here. And, and that's really just, it, it's so key. It, the way he structures this movie, a lot like what he does with Lockstock. We'll get to that. Um, the, he puts together the film in such a way that is very surprising. And, and he keeps amping up the tension and the, and the humor. Like the movie has a really 
really strong sense of humor to it. And it's also always very funny. Hugh Grant, throughout the entire movie, he's narrating the story, essentially telling the story uh, and telling it to Charlie Hunnam is actually part of the story. <laughs> so that's part of the, the excitement and the tension of it is like Charlie Hunnam knows all of this stuff already. And he's just sitting there not giving Hugh Grant anything. And Hugh Grant is just being just being over the top and weird and flirting with Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> it's just the energy is so weird and exciting and off. I love it. Oh, love and, it. and he'll like even exaggerate the story to Hunnaman, who, who was there. <laughs> like he told this story basically with uh, like McConaughey just going off the rail, shooting a guy in the nuts, <laughs> blowing these guys away and telling like this, this amazing one liner that I don't remember off right now. And then like Hunnaman's just like that, didn't happen that's not his style at all and what happened he was just like yeah now go fuck yourself like it was nothing it was nothing even close <laughs> structurally though the, the the this almost narrated uh you know film within a film there's a lot of film within a film here too as well because uh essentially grant is kind of pitching it also like a movie so he's painting the picture like that and he's talking about classic film and and uh that that aspect of it is also just another really smart touch and it's uh, very very meta in that way well, the critics and the audience both love this one, both of them well over 80. Uh, you know, you've mentioned that McConaughey's in it, but you haven't really said if he's any good. <laughs> oh, he's, he's great. He's great. I, well, he the, the thing about it is is that he has the less colorful role as a tip, as opposed to everybody around him. Now, Hunnam's, now, Hunnam's like really quiet, but he's also, in that way, he's very animated <laughs> just right. become, from not being so animated. Uh, he just draws your attention so much. McConaughey... Doesn't recede into the background or anything. He and he gets a he gets a few really big moments throughout the movie. But I I, I he, he's is the less flashy of any of the performances in the movie because everybody else like Henry Golding's pretty over the top and, and and pretty agitated throughout. And you know Eddie Marzan is yelling and screaming and uh, you know, everybody else is kind of dressed loudly uh, throughout. Like Colin Farrell and his crew. Of parkour boxers. Oh god, they're wonderful. <laughs> they call themselves the toddlers. They also rap. <laughs> wonderful. They go around fighting people with GoPros on their heads, and they film it to rap beats. <laughs> Colin Farrell, I just love. I love guys who hold so hard to a code of honor, mm -hmm. like just living to a code of honor that they it doesn't nothing they to the exclusion of anything else. I love that. I love when Colin Farrell gets like something good. Yeah. Like when he gets like a character like this, when he gets like that seven psychopaths type deal, man. I love when Colin Farrell gets like a, a nice the meaty deli script. Scene. Yeah, oh man. The scene is wonderful. <laughs> well, that seems to be the common thread for all these guys. I mean, Matthew McConaughey, when he has something good, mm -hmm. he's great. Charlie Hunt and, and all these guys, you know, Hugh Grant, they also they miss as much as they hit. <laughs> yeah. Guy, Guy Ritchie as well. It's kind mm -hmm. of a. It's cool that it all like the perfect storm of all this kind of came together and it really gels. It really does. It comes together very, very well. And like I said, I wasn't expecting it because like I think I was wondering if Guy Ritchie cared anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think this one kind of demonstrates that yeah, he's still he's still in there. Like that guy who who we fell in love with who was so exciting back in ninety seven still is kind of there. I guess before we get to Lockstock, maybe this is part of the Lockstock conversation but did you forget that you liked him at one point because I, I feel like you know throughout the podcast we've always kind of ignored him whenever lock stock or snatch pop up on a flick chart we tend to vote against it uh i mean it was i've as, completely forgotten about yeah it. yeah i can't even remember if i like snatch or not honestly like i don't remember did you guys like the man from uncle not because, really really yeah because i that's one of those that like it really didn't do well but i love i loved it a lot and i was kind of like no i think i'm alone on this one i'm okay with that and I love to see the poster in this movie. Yeah, Those yeah. I was so happy with how so like it was just there, and I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Someone else remembers that movie. Someone else probably got excited when it was cheap on Voodoo. Like I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate the Sherlock movies. I just didn't. They're just not. I never saw them. I just they're over the top and. You know, they're not. They're well, not. It's also probably gun for hire type thing yeah, too. It wasn't exactly. a total. It wasn't his vision per se. I want. I wanted to watch that, but right around the same time, the the BBC Sherlock came out, and I really liked that. And it wasn't like I was like, "Fuck that one." I just kind of was like, "I like this one," and the other one hasn't ever really been on Netflix or anywhere where it's like I I, I can get it kind of for free. I don't really. I don't know. <laughs> 
Do you like the Matthew Vaughn versions of his movie? <laughs> Irish movies? <laughs> I didn't care for Layer Cake. I didn't like Layer I'm, Cake I'm, either. I know a lot of people love that movie. I don't. I don't get the love for Layer Cake. It didn't didn't really do anything for me. Um, Matthew Vaughn's stuff has not really. It kind of seems like poor man's Guy Ritchie. Something. Kinda, I mean, even yeah. the Kingsman movies are yeah. kind of like a. Oh yeah, I get that. So, are we ready to move on? To sure. All right, let me log into my iPad here and hit my button if I can find it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event for the linear, legitimate, and universally recognized, undisputed classic. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. <laughs> yeah, and you know, this is one of those uh, revelatory moments for me that reminded me about a movie that I completely forgotten about and forgotten that I really loved. Uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels has uh, four main characters who are you know, criminals for the most part. So they're buying their way into a uh, an underground poker game that they their buddy is you know really an expert player and they think they can pull some money out of that. They get set up, they lose all their money, and they've got to figure out a way to uh, get it back and repay now that debt that they now have incurred uh, that could cost them their lives. And the way that he weaves this story is so ridiculously clever and it I and very simple at the same time. Like it's so smart and so clever and just <laughs> really exceptionally put together. Such a great sense of humor throughout. Like he set he establishes a very lighthearted tone and a very light touch early on, even with all the violence and the cursing and whatnot. This is a very lighthearted movie. Like there it's very nimble. Uh, it's got a great pace, and uh, these characters are, are fun to be around. Uh, Jason Statham is you know, very young and very, very funny. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, and the, the guys he's with are just really, are really compelling guys. and They're kind of uh, different and, and interesting throughout. And those four guys are the core. And then you've got uh, a couple, like three other aspects of the story. You've got uh, the gangsters who they owe money to. You've got this pot grower that's in there that is uh, this very it's a very unique and unique creation. Um, I, Guy Ritchie's definitely kind of fam- definitely familiar with how to grow pot and marijuana in in, uh, in, in England. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a level of expertise there that's on display in both of these movies. Yeah, he's he's mastered it. <laughs> um, but structurally, like I said, it, it's just so clever. The one reveal after another that that are so organic and so uh, well played that you you can't help but admire how how uh, simple it is in the end. The way it uh, the way it rolls around, and there's a little bit of luck to it at one point, but uh, it's a it's a luck that makes sense. Uh, and I really dig that. I, but I dig the whole tone of the movie. Like I said, the humor, the lightness of it. It's never dragged down or bogged down by the violence. It's never overly serious. People co- have compared him a lot to, to Tarantino because this came after uh, Pulp Fiction. But I, I don't necessarily think of Pulp Fiction as a gangster movie. I, this one I definitely see as a gangster movie. Oh, definitely. Uh I mean, I generally don't like movies where everything's connected and all the coincidences that get you through things. But this one is fun enough that it, you just kind of, it, I, you just kind of take it on. I look at it a different way, I guess, or at least I do. It, it's a fun movie that's really clever. It's weird seeing Jason Statham not be the main guy the entire time. <laughs> but that took a little because it's been since probably the mid '90s or whatever. Whenever this came out, since I've seen 97. it, '97, late '90s. So I don't. It, it was a lot better than I remember it being, and I remember liking it at the time. I loved this, and I loved Snatch, and then it just gradually... I kept uh, mixing this up with Snatch. I kept waiting for scenes from Snatch to be in this movie. <laughs> and they're waiting for Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been easily probably like 10 years since I had seen this, and I... Like I said earlier, I love I love this this uh, like genre and stuff, and this was one of those movies that always got thrown in in, you know, social circles back in high school and stuff. Like, we'd throw this in there. We'd throw, like, this would go in there with, um, like, the Boondock Saints and just those dumb. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but it'd be like, we'd watch that, Fight Club, just, just stupid guy shit when you're young. <laughs> and um, this one, like, 
I had a lot of fun going back to it. Like when Sean told me you guys were going to be covering it, because I was really hoping you're covering this or Snatch, because like, man, I, I want to fucking talk Guy Ritchie, because like, again, like the gentleman kind of brought me back into it. Like I, I did my first line in, in years, and I was like, man, this is fucking awesome. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Um, but uh, no, it. Um, I, I, I love this movie. I forgot how it's pretty much just everyone's got their own thing, but they're also trying to fuck each other over. Like, it's just like this, this giant, super elaborate criminal Venn diagram where they all just kind of at some point meet in the middle, but not in the ways you expect it to. Like they all just kind of like, it's this giant circle of dumb. (laughs) Just, it's like a snake eating its own tail. I loved it. I love that aspect of it. It's a, yeah, it just shows the the futility of crime in such a wonderfully brilliant way. <laughs> I love dumb criminals. I love a dumb criminal movie, man. And I, and that ending is absolutely brilliant. It could <laughs> not have ended better. I just I just love that he doesn't. He, this is an end. You know, like how the turning doesn't end. You the ending here is. It doesn't necessarily end either, but you you're you're left going. This is just how this, this is perfect. How this is yeah, right. They, how it is right here is just perfect. They it's earned just, it. It's so <laughs> fitting for for everything that we've seen before, even as it's not necessarily resolved in in a very in a very specific way. Well, and I also love that it's not. I mean, that it is Britain or wherever, and I, I like that it's a different culture with these movies and. Uh, that just kind of make them stand off to the side that, you know, you're not comparing it to, you know, the other gangster movies here. So it, it gives it a different feel that keeps it fresh. I don't know, at least for me, when I first saw it, it's, I know a lot of movies have been like it since, but at the time. That's a good way to describe The Gentleman, too, is it feels, this feels right. fresh. Mm-hmm. This feels uh, new. It feels like a, a take on this genre that, that uh, is not something we've seen before, which is so rare in this day and age. Like, The Gentleman is actually a new movie, a new concept. It's not based off of anything. I should have brought that up. It's not like an existing IP. Right. <laughs> it's so nice. It's already made $33 million. <laughs> I mean, 11 in America, but 22 internationally. So it's doing well, I'd imagine, for... And- and Lockstock, granted, is is a lot of it's got a lot of influences. He has definitely got a, oh, yeah. a lot of influences. There's some, there is some Tarantino influence in terms of stylistics and and so on. There's a lot of but there's a lot of different influences. There's a lot of uh, English gangster movies past with you know like Michael Caine movies from the past that right. that are, are also playing in here as well. Yeah, and I'm sure him and Tarantino are they definitely clearly share influences as well. Uh, I guess the question is, and this is back to the gentleman, my dad, who never goes to movies, all of a sudden now he's retired, him and his brothers, they end up going to movies all lately, and he's hated everything. He's hated The Irishman, he's hated 1917. Uh, he likes, you know, your diehard type movies. I don't think he's seen Lockstock or Snatch or anything even like this. This is the one they're trying to see next. Will they like it? I'm trying to get him to go to Knives Out because that's pretty yeah. safe. Or Jumanji 2. <laughs> uh, Jumanji 2 might be more like I think that's the best one of all of them. But. Uh, you know, it, all, it really a lot of it depends on how, the, how you take the Hugh Grant character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that is a dominant force in this movie. He's, he's pretty flamboyant. Like, he's pretty, like rubbing the inside of his thigh the whole time type of dude like he's it's interesting i mean that, he, that energy is exciting so oh it's fun it's so much fun because you really can see is. you can see like in his eyes he's having fun playing I this love, like, i even love his accent yeah. the accent that he chooses is like it's so weird but at the same time it just fits and it he, fits this character he doesn't take off those fucking sunglasses either <laughs> like the whole time he's wearing these like orange lens sunglasses just looking like Robert Downey Jr. just having a great time. Just the way he says Charlie Hunnam's name kept getting a laugh mm-hmm. out of me. I mean, in the trailer, he kind of reminded me of, I don't want to say you reminded me of Pacino, but the over-the-topness that Pacino does. <laughs> and when it works, it's great. When it doesn't work, you're just like, Jesus Christ, I need to leave. Uh, and my dad tends to not like Pacino. When <laughs> he hated the scent of a woman. <laughs> Yeah, as well. So. I, I agree with that. <laughs> <Hoo-ah>! <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
We didn't watch cinema parody, so, so that'll, that'll be up next week, maybe. Eventually, one that's free to stream on yeah. Amazon Prime. Right now, you got to buy Cinemax to get in, and I'm just not doing that. Yeah. It's not that time of year. Uh, what time is it? Wow, we're really flying around. Uh, next week, <laughs> we got Gretel and Hansel on the rhythm section. That's the new two new movies coming out. Our classic is... I got to say, I love the trailer for Gretel and Hansel. I watched it again recently, and that trailer is very intriguing. It's got a very strong uh, The Witch vibe with a little bit of Ari Aster in it. I kind of, I really dig it. I'm really interested to see where that's going. I want it to be good. I want it to be good. I have a feel like it's it's one of those things. Like the trailer's cool. The like the, the 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 visuals cool. Like I love the the way the house looks and stuff. Like I I hope it they can pull it off. I really hope they can like get a home run on it. I'm with you. Where I worry, and I, it's not for any reason other than uh, the PG-13 rating. Not mm-hmm. because I need it to be dirty. But that makes me feel like there's people in the boardroom going, "We need this, and, uh, this. and that yeah. that scares me a tad." That's that's usually when you know it's it's neutered, and uh, I'm the same way. I, I don't like PG thirteen. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it, I mean it could be great. It, could it just yeah. could have happened to only you know not need it. But usually that means there's someone going, "Well, let's we got to think about the kids. We need to get them to you know." Yeah. And PG thirteen is often often as much of a marketing ploy as it is anything else. Yeah. But it does look good, uh, and the rhythm section I think looks pretty decent too. I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought peppermint I, wasn't going to be that bad. <laughs> in fairness, I haven't really watched anything on the rhythm section. I just kind of like the cast. So yeah, I like Blake helped. Lively. Like her, her last couple of movies are really interesting choices. The Shallow and uh, um, that uh, movie with Anna Kendrick. Yeah, really, the Paul Feig movie was really smart and really fun. The Favor, Simple Favor, or something like that. Yeah. Or? And yeah, movie. those two movies; those are her last two, and she she makes interesting choices at the very least. But uh, this is a revenge movie uh, about a white mom who loses her family, and so was Peppermint, and it was a bad experience. I mean, Jennifer Garner makes bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> the bright side, though, is that we get to watch uh, an Abel Ferrara movie. Which uh, I know not, not many people are familiar with Abel Ferrara, but his movies are are beloved among you know a very small niche of uh, film lovers who like his style, and uh, I'm a fan of his style, and I'm interested to see. I've not seen this one before, so what all has he made? Uh, I couldn't off the top of my head. I couldn't say, but gotcha. like uh, it's been a while. Then I it was one of my film school things I did about 20 years ago. Oh, I get you. I get you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's and that is available on Amazon. The damn, I typed his name in wrong. Said nothing popped up. Sorry, I was gonna look up Abel Ferrara movies, but A B E L F E. I fat fingered it and it gave me a. Apparently, IMDb doesn't even go to that on you. You get it close. Just takes you to Ford v Ferrari. Yo, Bell Pharrell. I know I did spell it right, and it still didn't pop his name up. What the hell is wrong with IMDb? He's getting snubbed on IMDb. It's oh. shitty, man. Anyway, and then 1990, obviously, Cinema Paradiso. Uh, <laughs> flashback, Heart Condition, Men Don't Leave, and Stella. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, Denzel Washington plays a ghost in Heart Condition. Ooh. A ghost who is haunting Bob Hoskins. Gotcha. I believe Bob Hoskins like gets his heart in a heart transplant. And like Denzel's ghost, like follows him along and tries to improve his life. I guess. Oh shit! Yeah, it's kind of a weird way to look at Denzel. Like you don't look at Denzel in a comedy. Mm-mm, he's not Ghost Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be doing this. Then, oh uh, gosh, uh, just men don't leave. It's supposed to be one of those just soporific, like sad movies. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't even I know nothing about it. Just the name, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Flashback is, uh, I believe it's straight laced Kiefer Sutherland as an FBI agent, and Dennis Hopper is this wacky hippie. He's got to take him across country to testify in a oh, fuck. I'm in trial. <laughs> I'm in. This sounds hilarious. <laughs> He's gonna loosen him up with some acid and some sixties, man. Hell yeah, man! He's gonna go defuse a bomb. <laughs> 
gonna be Jack Bauer all stoned and shit. It's gonna be awesome, man. So Abel Ferrara's first movie is the Driller Killer. Oh yeah, well yeah, uh, he's known for his uh, pretty s- severe violence. Oh. He directed two episodes of Miami Vice. Uh, he's the one who introduced us to Harvey Keitel's penis and a bad lieutenant. <laughs> That's the one I was trying to think gotcha. of. Gotcha. Yeah. King of New York, Body Snatchers, Dangerous Game. That's not what I think it is, is it? The Dangerous Game is that? Yeah. Well, I Harvey like Keitel Bad Lieutenant. So, huh? Yeah. I like Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. I even like the sequel. the the sequel the the uh, I love Nicolas that Cage sequel. One. That is really good. I bought that when Blockbuster was going under. I bought it for like a buck. I bought that and the Beaver, <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah, tonight's gonna be the shit." And I, yeah, the Beaver was awful, and I was I was like, "Man, I don't want to watch this Nicolas Cage movie now, man. That shit was awesome. That was really yeah, really especially exciting. the thing with the lizard. Oh man, oh it's Nicolas so Cage just being as crazy as possible. That movie is fantastic. Ah, that's another guy that I love when he gets it right. Like when it all like when the the moon, the stars and moon, everything aligns perfectly, and we get a good Nicolas Cage <laughs> it's, time. It's like Mandy as a cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll, some of the ones where it appears like he doesn't get it right that no one ever sees, when you go and watch him, you're like, holy shit, these are amazing. Like, like Mom and Dad and uh, what was that one about the guy with the... One Man Army? One Man Army. This is amazing. Oh, was that the one where he's the, the arms dealer? No, this, that? that's the Lord of War. Okay, gotcha. No, uh, One Man Army, he's a guy, based off of a true story, a guy who went to, uh, what was it, uh, was it Iraq or Af- he went to right. Afghanistan to try and kill Osama bin Laden on his own? Oh, oh, <laughs> was that was that the one with Russell Brand? Was As Russell Jesus. Brand? Yeah, okay. Right? He played Jesus, didn't he? I think so. I remember when like the the trailer and everything came out about it. I got really excited, and then I didn't hear anything else about it, so I just I never got around to it. <laughs> I need to do it because I um I I went back not too long ago and rewatched Drive Angry. And I forgot. Ugh. I love that movie. I hated That's, it. It's such a great time. Hated it. <laughs> no, at one point, one man army. He decides to cut of a hand glider in half. Thinking he can just put it together and use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah! By the end of the movie, they start making the movie. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's great. If you haven't seen One Man Army, go see it right away. Okay, or Army of One. Army of One is what it is. That's uh, on my shout list. out to another podcast, uh, Nathan Rabin, the writer's got a podcast now that is Cage uh, Travolta Cage, where they're comparing the movies of John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Oh God, one by one throughout their career, it's really interesting. Did they start off with Face Off, or are they no, working they started, up to Face Off? They're going chronologically, okay. so they started with like Carrie and uh, and uh, Cage's first movie. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds awesome. I might check that out. That I think is... it gives Travolta too much credit, though. Because Travolta's not as weird and cool as Cage is. I mean, he's fucked up, but usually in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's fucked up, like, like in his personal life, really. Like, is this... I guess I shouldn't say that too loud on a podcast. They might come <laughs> after us. But, like, like, Nicolas Cage doesn't have as many, like, massage mishaps or anything like that. <laughs> Which is good, <laughs> but but ugh. he's a weird fucker too. Yeah, I mean, when oh, we yeah. went to oh, yeah. Mandy. He came out and they did the interview, and it was just like oh, he's really doing this. It's <laughs> <laughs> like dressed like Elvis practically. <laughs> yeah, it was messed up. Uh, but yeah, that is our show. Before we get the flick chart, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters for supporting the show at the character actor level. It, it is uh, Jason Bryant at the. Cater service level is uh, Zach Codemaker right here in the studio. Damn right. Uh, the character actor level, uh, Christina Cato, Josh and Beth Paul, and Cousin Jeff, and then our movies, wait, no, our special effects level, Corey Finneran. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon supporter, head over to IHateCritics.net slash Patreon to help us out with the podcast. Uh, I don't know. It's it's expensive to do this, so the, anything you can give really does help the show out. Uh, and then there's also the merch tab at IHateCritics.net if you want to help support the podcast. And subscribe wherever you listen to us, right and view the show. We'll read your reviews on the air. Are you ready for Flick Chart? Sure. Hell yeah. Jumanji 95, Clear and Present Danger. Jumanji. Clear and Present Danger. Jumanji, I hate. Clear and Present <laughs> Danger. Ladies Man, Harry Potter, and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter. Ladies Man, that's my least favorite Harry Potter. 
And that's that's the SNL ladies' man, right? Yeah. Well, okay. which movie they made? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna say ladies' man just to be a dick. <laughs> hey, man. But will a Harry Potter win? Because I'm sure it deserves to. As a as a guy who grew up reading those books, that movie got it all wrong. I know there's people out there that hate me for that shit, but they cut out a lot of stuff. And I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that's like, oh no, they changed this shit in Chamber of Secrets. I don't fucking care. But that movie, they that was like the coolest book. They neutered it. I had to watch all those movies in a week, <laughs> and it just exhausted me. <laughs> I don't blame you. The Dark Knight. We bought a zoo. The Dark Knight. <laughs> the Dark Knight. I like We Bought a Zoo. It's just a terrible title. Yeah. It really yeah. is. <laughs> I heard it was heartwarming, but I just I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 or War of the Worlds? With uh, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise, yeah. Harry Potter. Which Harry Potter is this? Deathly Hallows Part 1. It's the road trip one. Huh. I'm going to go War of the Worlds. I really, I think that you movie's underrated. You guys need to quit making me pick. <laughs> one, I could give two shits about either one of these movies. <laughs> I'll just assume Harry Potter is better. I mean, I've seen them both. I used to them. <laughs> Coming to America, Shanghai Nights. Coming to America. Coming to America. By far. Gone Girl, Austin Powers, Gone and Girl. Golden Member. <laughs> yeah, Gone Girl. <laughs> I do like Gold Member, I'll say. Like, guilty pleasure, but no, Gone Girl's Gone Girl. <laughs> About a boy, no country for old men. Ooh, Wow. No Country for Old Men. Damn. Yeah, I got to pick No Country, but I, I love About a Boy. Yeah. I'm with you. Finding Nemo. What about Bob? Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Agreed. The Deer Hunter. Asterix and Cleopatra. Never heard of it. The Deer Hunter versus the Fountain. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I don't really... I don't know. I gotta watch the Deer Hunter. It's been a long time. I'll uh, say Deer Hunter just because I think that's the only one I've seen. I like the Deer Hunter a lot. I just the first time I watched it was so amazing. It's just hard to go back and watch it because that wedding scene is like first it's hour of that movie ever, and nothing really comes of it other than it's just a wedding. Yeah. Like it's literally like they taped a wedding and drank Rolling Rock. That's about <laughs> it. Um. Fountain is an incredibly disappointing movie. At the same time, it's, it's so incredibly ambitious that I have this long-standing admiration for it, even if it is the invention of the, of my least favorite version of Hugh Jackman, which is the teary-eyed Hugh Jackman, which he was for quite some time. It's always just tears just welling up constantly. Um, God. You got Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, Terry Hugh Jackman, <laughs> and Song and Dance, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do I like? Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, shit. I mean, the Deer Hunter won, so if yeah. you don't want to choose, you oh, don't okay. have to. <laughs> Good. SWAT, Scarface. SWAT. <laughs> just just as a middle finger to Scarface. I'll go Scarface just as a middle finger to SWAT. <laughs> but I will go Scarface. I'll go Scarface just because it's supposed to be good. At some point, we need to make it a classic and watch it again. <laughs> this will be fun. I'm Pre- afraid to rewatch it. I have a feeling I might not. Bad. I have a feeling I might not like it. I haven't seen it since I you know, never the- liked it. When I, I, mean, when I was going through all those movies, and when I watched Scarface, I was like, I don't get it uh i get kind of you know people with the posters on the wall why they like it but i don't (laughs) (laughs) so they can demonstrate that they have herpes (laughs) (laughs) but i mean critics tend to like it people it tends to be a well-reviewed movie so i'm just i don't Hmm. i don't it just seems like kind of the beginning of that pacino over the top yeah it just seems like a parody to me but breakfast at tiffany's (laughs) (laughs) Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Um, yeah, uh, a Freaky Friday for its lack of racism. <laughs> I'll go Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday is not horrible. It's not, it's not great. It's definitely forgettable, but it's mm. it's not as racist as Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is all I remember is the racism. Unforgiven Ratatouille. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I love Ratatouille. Two movies you never thought you'd compare. No. <laughs> I'm going to go Unforgiven, 
but I haven't seen Ratatouille in a minute. I and love Ratatouille. I've been we've been actually talking about it at home a lot since we have Disney Plus. Like I, I really want to watch it, but every time we go to watch it, we're just like, eh, fuck it. We watch something different. Like I'll watch the Patton Oswalt rat movie some other day. Like I, I, I not not to put it down or anything. It's just you know. There's other flashier <laughs> shit on there. If you were going to chance listen to Pat Oswalt tell the story about how Ratatouille ruined his Halloween. Okay. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a great story. Uh, I'll go Unforgiven, even though I love Ratatouille. Go Unforgiven too. Space Jam, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam. Come on and slam and welcome to the jam, my friend. Oh, Poor Space Josh. Jam is making me sad. I know. Michael Jordan's still around. I know, but do you think he's going to show up? Do you think they might? I, I know. I know Michael Jordan hates LeBron, but do you think he, he might? Hate LeBron. <laughs> I think he. I, I've never heard that. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was coming out like because he, he's doesn't want to be like compared or whatever. Well, and he's just kind of like right. up on his his peak. So I, I've I've always read that he's. Jordan just knows he's the best, mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to say it. And LeBron hey, and Kobe were more. We started this podcast like. Maybe an hour after it got reported, Kobe died. So that's mm. part of why we're talking about this that much. And, uh, but yeah, I, Jordan's just super competitive, and mm. I don't think he hates anybody per se. But, but do do you guys think he might make an appearance? Maybe he'll pop up at the end with Bill Murray. <laughs> I doubt it. Especially, like I think like you're more see. likely to see Bill Murray. Oh, man, I'm in. <laughs> Which I don't think you'll see that either. <laughs> Newman from Seinfeld shows up. That might happen. Yeah, I'm in. Bugs Bunny doesn't show up. What? How? <laughs> uh, uh, that would be crazy. Bugs Bunny gets killed in the first five minutes. He gets turned like crushed into a basketball and sent into slavery or whatever was going on in the first Space Jam. <laughs> uh, I, I know we're not supposed to do this because it dates the show, but uh, Kobe Bryant died on the same day we're recording this, and that's why it's kind of a bummer because he and LeBron were just talking yesterday. And LeBron's remaking Space Jam. Mad Max Fury Road, the terminal. Mad Max Fury Road, fuck the terminal. <laughs> Indeed, fuck the terminal. Uh, eating ketchup and shit, like it's cool. Fuck him. Huh, I don't like that movie. He's <laughs> bad. Constantine Cannonball Run 2. Constantine. Constantine, yeah. White Men Can't Jump, Father of the Bride. White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. Starsky and Hutch, Donnie Brasco. Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> that movie's weirdly funny. Yeah, it's like that FX middle of a Saturday afternoon type of movie. It's, I it's perfect. It's like one of those I'm almost ashamed of, but I don't turn it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that your picking then? Yeah. I'll go Donnie Brasco just because it's easy. But also a movie I haven't watched in a long time. It's possible it doesn't hold I up. I mean, Donnie Brasco can be brilliant. It's been a long time since I've right. watched it. It could also be one of those movies you rewatch. You're like, oh my god, this sucks. <laughs> the Constant Gardener, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Oh, it's Constant Gardener for me. I hate Shawshank. The Constant Gardener. I don't hate Shawshank, but people overrate that movie. Amen. Fantastic Mr. Fox, 28 Days. Fantastic Mr. Fox. 28 Days. I find Fantastic Mr. Fox to be insufferable. Aw. <laughs> um, I like them both kind of the same. I'll go 28 Days. It's because humans are in it. What did you think of Isle of Dogs? Did you like that at all? Not really. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot, but it's it's so different. I don't. It's not something I could watch like every day, but I was happy I saw it. Jason Bourne, SWAT. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Brave Total Recall. Brave. I actually haven't seen Brave, so Really? Uh, Brave's really good. Three three titted girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I Brave's another one of those that we talk about a lot, like when we're scrolling through Disney Plus. Like Brave and Ratatouille get talked about a lot, but we never seem to pull the trigger. I actually never saw Brave either, so let's just refresh that one. It's not fair to pick Total Recall based on Ronan Highlander. Ronan Highlander. 
about Ronan, even though it's the first movie I ever went to the bathroom during. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. But every other movie, I was able to hold it till the end. That one, I was like, can't do it. Got to go. <laughs> Man of Steel, Goodfellas. 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 Can't wait to watch that later this year. Mm-hmm. Garbage Pale Kids movie, Bringing Out the Dead. <laughs> Bringing Out the Dead. I don't think I've seen either. Bringing Out the Dead. Deadpool, The Time Machine. Deadpool. Deadpool. You haven't seen the Garbage Pail Kids? I haven't. I don't it's know really why. It's really terrible. I watched like, it. It's really. You're aware of his age, right? <laughs> well, well, what's, what's, I'm always talking about Gremlins 2. Like, that's. I love, I love that, like. <laughs> I love that, that kind of genre of just shitty movie. Your like, next I, homework is find the Garbage Pail Kids movie. I'm in. I'm down. <laughs> this will be a, more of a challenge than Sallow. <laughs> Oh, I'm, dude, I'm in. I'm in, man. I'll watch Ghoulies right after. It'll be a good-ass time. I love that shit. Like, like I said, like Gremlins 2, I like unironically think that's one of my top ten. It's in there in my top ten. I love Gremlins 2. It is such a weird movie. Closer, West Side Story. Closer. West Side Story. I'll go Closer. All right, last one from Russia with Love, Bean. (laughs) (laughs) They're basically the same movie.